Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this evening, Ed Montana. Alongside me today, my football fanatic brother, Alex. How you doing, Alex? I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs> that would make for the worst podcast ever. Or actually, it would just become a solo podcast. Pretty much, pretty much. I miss Marshawn Lynch. I miss, I, I miss his interviews. You know, I saw a couple okay. of them over the weekend. Is he on a is he on a team or is he retired or what's the deal with him? I don't know. He's just doing. I don't know. He just. I think Marshawn Lynch just does his own thing and comes and goes as he pleases. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch just does what Marshawn Lynch wants to do. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Shout out to Beast Mode. Since it's the NFL playoffs, it's only right we shout out Beast Mode. That guy was something else when it was playoff time. Right? Yes, sir. I mean, he was just – and he was full-on Beast Mode. Uh, well, you mentioned it already, man. The first weekend of the, of the playoffs. This wild card weekend, I don't like adding more teams to the playoffs. Like, I don't like – I think it dilutes the playoffs a little bit. But I really did enjoy – six games over the course of two days in wildcard weekend. How did you like the new setup? Yeah, I think it was awesome. I mean, especially if you woke up a little bit late on Saturday or Sunday, like I did, like if you like I woke up at 10 in the morning on Saturday. I mean, by the time I did my coffee, quick little breakfast, it's already game time. And then it just didn't stop until, you know, 10 o'clock at night. So it's a, it was a thing of beauty, actually. Yeah, absolutely. It was great. And I'll tell you, for me personally, the games were better on Saturday than on Sunday, but I enjoyed them both regardless. There's something special about the playoffs in the NFL. You know, it's one game to move on. If you lose, you're done. Uh, it, it just takes on a whole new level of intensity. Football, I think, is a pretty intense sport to begin with. And then you add that do or die scenario to it. And it's, um, it's, it's just, it's great. It's, it's really the best thing going. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Let's start with Saturday. They started the games off at noon in Buffalo, Indianapolis to visit Buffalo, a really close game throughout. And it was very, very entertaining. What was your main takeaway from that game? Oh, man that uh, Frank Reich blew the game a little bit, I think, for the Colts. That so? uh, Phillip Rivers, huh? How so? Well, I mean, he ha didn't he like elect not to kick a field goal there in the first quarter or in the second quarter? He decided yeah, to go on. for it in the red zone? Yeah, early on. Yeah, I think – I mean, you got to take the points, especially it being so close. I don't think – I mean, I just – I told you last week, I don't trust Phillip Rivers, right? So, I don't know. I, I would have I would have taken the points in that – it's the playoffs. You don't want to – you don't want to leave points on the board. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I didn't think it was the best decision. Uh, I, I wouldn't have – I wouldn't have gone that way. I didn't think it was atrocious – Look, to me, the game played out pretty much the way I expected. I expected Buffalo to win, but I did not expect Buffalo to blow them out. 
the part that was a little bit concerning to me, especially when I think about this week, is Indianapolis was able to run the ball, I won't say at will, but they could run the ball quite a bit. And while the Ravens, I don't think, have the same offensive line that the Colts do, the fact that the, that Lamar Jackson is as mobile as he is really gives me concern if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. You picked the Colts, by the way. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I thought they could run the ball on them, which they did. So, you know, it was, it was I mean, cool. yeah, but I mean, but, but look what it came down to. It came down to Phillip Rivers in the final drive. I mean, the guy, the guy just can't play quarterback anymore. I'm sorry. And I think, and I think Josh Allen proved uh, after, you know, that game that he, um, that he is a very stud quarterback, man. Like he, he's fucking good. The only thing that I see that the Bills lack is a run game. But I think the ability of Josh Allen to throw on the run and get out the pocket and scramble is going to be really key when they, you know, in the next round for for the Bills. Yeah, I agree with you there. He, you know, he um, he he was very very impressive on Saturday. He, um, you know, made some big plays. Uh, really stepped up to the situation. Really didn't seem kind of overwhelmed by the moment. Stephon Diggs is. I mean, just awesome. And so offensively, I think that team is good. The thing that worries me a little bit with, uh, with Josh Allen is, man, that guy takes some hits. Now, I realize he's a big guy. He's not, he's not a little frail quarterback. But, man, he, he puts his shoulder down a lot. And, man, if that's my franchise quarterback, which obviously he is for the Bills, it would give me a little bit of concern seeing him take some of those tough tackles as much as he does. Yeah, you know, he reminds me, his toughness reminds me a lot of how Big Ben was a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, He's not afraid to, he's just not afraid to get hit. And I think that's, you know, like you watch some of the clips of, of, you know, like behind the scenes of like the Bills and, you know, like when they, in the locker room and shit like that. Like, I think that's just his nature. He's, he's, um, he's definitely, uh, he's got a voice in that locker room. And I think the team, the offense especially, feeds off of him a little bit. So I think that's just his his nature, I think. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how um how hurt the uh the running back is because they've got they they play with two running backs mostly, Moss and Montgomery, right? And one of them went out early in the game on uh not early in the game. I guess it was in the third quarter he went out with an injury. I think it was Moss. And if he's if he's not available for this Sunday, that's going to be a big deal because they, they really rely – what little running game they have, they rely on the two-bag system uh, to make it work. And, you know, if you, if you half that and now you've got more on Josh Allen's shoulders, it, it makes them even more one-dimensional which I don't think will be good against the Ravens' defense. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a big deal. Um, do you think Phillip Rivers is done? Do you think he retires now, rides off into the sunset? I mean, no, I don't think so. I think he plays one more year. It's I funny he plays one more year. It's funny the conversation you hear back and forth about him 
and Drew Brees. I mean, they're talking about Drew Brees the same way that he's going to retire. And, and I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, these guys are competitors. They still want to keep playing. I mean, Rivers can open up a daycare and he'll be all right for the rest of his life. So, I mean, yeah. he doesn't really need to quarterback ever again. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I know. He's, and look, he's done great. You think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback? I heard someone say future Hall of Famer Philip Rivers. Do you think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback? No. No, I don't think he is. His numbers are really good. But I but I think he's missing. He's missing he's he's missing a Super Bowl appearance at least. He right. doesn't even have that. I mean, no, I I don't think he is. I don't think he is. And for the Colts, and for the Colts' sake, I think the best thing for them is to move on from him because I mean that's that's a nice little cap hit. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, he's not making crumbs. Well, he's so. he's on a one-year deal with them, right? Oh, was it a one-year deal? Okay, That's well good. then then they're, then they're good. I thought it was a one-year deal. I could be wrong. Um That was their first I think win. You're right. Huh? No, I think you're right about Philip Rivers. That was their first being the one-year deal. Yeah, the, that was the Bills' first victory in 25 years in the playoffs. I mean, that's a long time. Yeah. So it's been about 25 years that they went to the Super Bowl? Yes, it's been more than that. I think the last time they went was in 93. Right, 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 right. So, yeah. okay. I don't know. Uh, moving on to the next game, they, they took us all the way out to the West Coast, the Rams at Seattle. I thought this was a fairly entertaining game. Um and I hate to say it, but I think Russell Wilson really cost his team. That pick six, I think, just killed them. Uh, not just for the seven points that it produced for the Rams, but just momentum-wise, it, 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 it seemed like they couldn't get going offensively. It took, them, it took them quite a while to get the ball moving. And the Rams, man, slow and steady with a quarterback making his second-ever career start. He gets hurt and goes out. Then they bring in – Goff, who's got a a thumb that was operated on 12 days ago. It was really incredible. And you can tell it was bothering them. But yet they stay, rode that defense and stuck it out together and ended up winning the game 30-10. to 10. What was your big takeaway there? I mean, rode that defense and rode the running back, Akers. I mean, Akers ran – he ran wild. The rookie, isn't he? So, yeah, and he also stepped up because I think they have a guy injured – one of their running backs injured, so he stepped up. I mean, I, if anything, the Rams have showed that, you know, they have players that are willing to step up. The backup to Goff, well, you know, he didn't play much, but, I mean, if you watch the game, he looked like he was comfortable out there. Like, he kind of knew what he was doing, you know? He wasn't scared. So I think that's that's something – to be, you know, a, a positive takeaway for, for the Rams. So, yeah, if you got to plug in the backup, he showed that he can uh, he can play. Hey, Alex, let, let's, yeah. take, let's take a little break. I'm having a little technical difficulty here. Let's take a little break, and we'll be right back. All righty, folks, we're back after a little technical difficulty. 
Alex accidentally pissed on his computer screen and uh, short-circuited, so he had quickly had to go get another one. <laughs> I mean, if you got to go, you got to go, man. I That's mean, right. I, I can't. You couldn't leave me by myself on the podcast. Just fuck it up for both of us. That's right. How you like that, huh? Real quick, how easy it is for me to blame you. Yeah, well, it's all right. <laughs> I'll take the blame. I'll shoulder the blame. Hey, so back to uh, the Rams and the Seahawks. <clears throat> uh, we're talking about the Rams' defense. Look, their defense did a hell of a job. Held the Seahawks uh, to 20 points, scored seven themselves for a net of 13. So uh, they, more than, they, they more than did their job uh, on defense. And, you know, the quarterback situation is unstable uh, just because Jared Goff is hurt. The other quarterback looked like he broke his neck. I mean, he looked like a, he looked like a bobblehead after that hit. Uh, but, you know, they, they put together a hell of a game. Yeah, man. I mean, they put a lot of pressure on, on Russell Wilson. Aaron Donald alone just, I mean, he just dominated the trenches. Yeah. Well, and that, that guy really affects the game in so many ways because on the one hand, right, he's his own problem. He's a menace to the quarterback every time he's out there. But then you got to start scheming for him. you got to double-team him and leave someone else open. Those other guys on that line, although we don't know their names, they're no slouches. It's, it's tough all the way around with that defensive line. They put a ridiculous amount of pressure on Russell Wilson throughout the game. Yeah, and and for the Rams, I feel like they got some key players back just in time for the game. Cooper Cup, Whitworth, they're they're a veteran uh, offensive lineman. So, you know, this could be a team that they're starting to get healthy now. You know, it's we saw Goff with a messed up finger. You can tell it was bothering him, but now with an extra week. Uh, you know, he, he, he'll probably, and, you know, more practicing, he'll, he'll feel a little more comfortable. I mean, the team is no slouch, you know. I don't think they're going to burn you for 30 or 40 points, but they're definitely going to hold you, and their offense might do just enough to, to win a game, so. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, if you look at the numbers, Russell Wilson went 11 for 27 for 174 yards. When you think about the fact that they were behind most of the game, so they needed to throw the ball, those numbers are are terrible, really. And it's not because Russell Wilson is not a good quarterback. I mean, it, it, it's that defensive line. They were in his face constantly. Um, and obviously the pick six was a huge play. Um, and, you know, the quarterback play from the Rams wasn't much better. The difference was the defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pete Carroll should be gone. I, I don't. Th- I think that boat has, that ship has sailed already. I don't think Pete Carroll. They need a different voice in that uh, in that locker room. I think. Eh, I don't know about that. I mean, I, they they need to work on the defense. Uh, the defense has to be better. Uh, well, I mean, they they went all in for Jamal Jamal Adams, you know, and. You know, and but I think he was kind of banged up during the week. Yeah, he was. But they they went all in on him, you know. So 
Yeah, but and, then, and and they got and they got and they got some help on the defensive line too during during this. So they made a couple of trades during the season. Was that I, I think I guess they knew that their defense was their uh, you know where they were a little weaker. So they did make some moves. It just didn't quite you know pan out. It didn't quite pan out is the problem. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, so then we move on to Saturday night and we get the Buccaneers. And the Washington football team. Now, everyone thought this was going to be a blowout. Everyone thought the Buccaneers, you know, the Buccaneers have been playing good football the last four weeks of the season. And the Washington football team has no quarterback, basically. You know, they let Dwayne Haskins go. Alex Smith is injured. And they in comes in Heinkel. Heinkel? No. Heineke? What is it? Heineken. Heineken? I don't know. But uh, Heinkel comes in. Quick, where did Heinkel go to school? I'm going to say, uh, uh, give me a region or something at least. I believe it. I don't, I'm not even sure. I think it's in the Northeast. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know your geography. <laughs> Look, it's not like he went to, you know, Florida State, and I know where Florida is. He went to a school that does not have the state in it. So I'm not I'm sure say, what it is. I'm going to say Harvard. No, he went to Old Dominion. Oh, man. Do you know where Old Dominion is? I have no – the Dominican Republic? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Heineke. It's, there's no L in there. Where is Old Dominion? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't kidding. Did you think I was joking? I'm not yeah, sure. Well, I, I want to say it's in Pennsylvania, but if I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I'd have to use a lifeline. <laughs> I'm going to have to look this up because now I'm curious. That's what I'm doing, too. I don't know. Where All right, Virginia. Huh? Virginia. I was close. Pennsylvania, Virginia. You're about five, six hours away. It depends on where. Doesn't Virginia touch Pennsylvania at some point? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they border each other at some point. So I think it just depends on where. Now Now you got me freaking looking up where the hell... Does Virginia border with? Uh... It's actually in Norfolk. I don't think they touch. How the hell would you know? I'm just. I said I think. <laughs> All right, we're going off topic here. We're supposed to be talking about the NFL playoffs. We not are. Fucking Old Dominion. Let's see. Yes. No, that's Maryland. I can't well, even either way, I can't even see uh, here. Okay, Virginia. Look, there's a piece of Virginia that goes all the way north, and it's just got a little sliver of West Virginia blocking it from touching Pennsylvania. So they don't actually touch, but they come pretty damn close. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's anyway, a fun fact I didn't care for. There you go. <laughs> 
See, on the Positive Sports Podcast, you get all kinds of fun facts, even the ones you don't care about. Well, anyway, yeah. uh, look, Taylor Heineke, I, you know, I don't, I don't think he's good enough. There's a reason he was a third-string quarterback, right? On a crappy team, no less. Uh, so yeah. I don't think he's good, not yet. But man, he showed, he showed some guts. He played himself a hell of a game. Twenty-six of forty-four, three hundred and six yards, a touchdown, only one interception, and that rushing touchdown, that dive into the end zone, boy, that was something else. So he had, he actually had forty-six yards rushing. So, you know. Not yeah. not a bad day for a guy who was put in at the last minute. I'll tell you what, if Alex Smith was the quarterback or Dwayne Haskins, the game wouldn't have been that close. I agree. I agree. I don't I think, think it would have. Uh, and look, a lot of credit has to go to that Buccaneers offensive line because we just talked about a guy who really wrecks havoc from the defensive line standpoint and Aaron Donald and how he makes everyone around him better. The Buccaneers basically played Chase Young one-on-one, mano-a-mano, and wherever he was, wherever he lined up, that guard or that tackle or whatever did a hell of a job. So, you know, hats off to that offensive line. They really did an incredible job on Chase Young. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did because I didn't hear his name – being mentioned much that night no so yeah it was it was a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of good work by the offensive line and the and the part that I think made it especially good was they played a lot of one-on-one with them they didn't double team them they just they just you know told the tackle to take care of it yeah and that's that's the way to go um offensively you know the Bucks look good. That line uh, did a great job for Tom Brady, keeping him clean. And, of course, if Brady has time, he's going to pick you apart. I mean, 22 of 40 is not his best night ever, but it's pretty darn good. 381 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And they just have guys all over the place. I mean, Godwin, Brown, Mike Evans. Uh, if, if, if Leonard Fournette can continue to carry the ball for – you know, almost 100 yards, they're going to be tough on offense. They're going to put up points, and it's, it's, going, to be a, it's going to be a tough go against them. Yeah, definitely. I, the issue with them I see is, the, is on the defensive side. I, I don't know. I mean, you let this guy, a third stringer, kind of run wild and make plays. And so, I don't know. Their defense is kind of uh, the question mark. But, I mean – I don't know. We'll see because we saw the Seahawks get pretty much, you know, DK DK Metcalf get shut down by you know a pretty good cornerback in Jalen Ramsey. I think if 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 they face a team, if the Bucks face a team that can shut down one of their big guys, you know, I mean they have a lot of weapons on at wide receivers. So they have a lot of weapons with the Buccaneers. I think it's an I think it's their offensive line. If their offensive line can keep Brady upright and clean, then he's gonna find he's gonna find somebody. You know, if they if they play against a team like uh, the Rams, right, who have Jalen Rams, who's a very good cover corner. Yeah, he may not find Evans a whole lot, but he'll find Godwin. He'll find Antonio Brown. Heck, Leonard Fournette out of the backfield caught some balls. It's just you got it. Look, this has always been the 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 formula to beat a team led by Tom Brady and that's get pressure on Tom Brady. 
So if that offensive line plays like that, it's going to be tough for anybody to beat them. They're going to yeah. score. Right. And, yeah, you're right. I, I think defensively it, it, there is a bit of a concern there, right? Because if uh, if Taylor Heineke, not Heineken, Heineke, can uh, – can can uh, can you know put twenty three up against you? You know what what is someone like Drew Brees going to do? Which is where they go next week. Yeah. Um. So that was Saturday. All three games were relatively close. Uh, came down to the fourth quarter. A lot of fun to watch. Sunday. Look, Sunday we were treated to what I thought. This is what I thought was going to be the best game of the weekend. And it turned out, in my opinion, to be the best game of the weekend. And that was the Ravens and the Titans in Tennessee. What a game. Uh, look, it was 20 to 13, Ravens won. And everyone's going to talk about Lamar Jackson's run. And everyone's going to talk about Des Bryant catching another touchdown pass and, you know, all that. But you have to give. All of the credit, not all of the credit, a lot of the credit to that front eight that the Ravens put out there, and they shut Derrick Henry, they shut him down. The guy who I think is, in my opinion, the MVP of the league, but he's not going to get it because he's not a quarterback, and they absolutely shut him down. He had 40 yards, I think, on 20 carries. I mean, he averaged two yards a carry. And that's just, I mean, that's just an incredible effort by the Baltimore front eight. What was your takeaway from the game? Uh, that I enjoy watching Lamar Jackson, and I want to see the Ravens in the freaking Super Bowl. That's my <laughs> take. <laughs> yeah, no, they played a great, they played a great game, man, on both sides of the ball, and. I mean, and and their running backs really didn't get going the way they have been, like. You know, J.K. Dobbins has been uh, obviously Lamar got his, but I mean they they played a really good game. You know, it was it was a game that they almost needed to have because losing out three times to the Titans would have been would have been tough to swallow for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Lamar Jackson's a lot of fun, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who does not have a team in the playoffs that is quietly rooting for the Ravens and the Chiefs to meet in the AFC championship game because that would be even more fun to watch those two offenses go at it. And, you know, obviously that will be the only topic of conversation that week is the offense, the offense, the offense. And, you know, maybe one defense will get a chip on their shoulder and really shut the other team down. But other than that, it's going to be fun to watch to watch those two on the field. The few times they've met it, it's been entertaining, and I think it'll be entertaining again. Yeah, yeah, but the Ravens, uh, yeah, I think you're right, man. The defense really, you know, pulled its weight and uh, controlled, kept Derrick Henry under control <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, and and I will say one thing, um, as much credit as I want to give Baltimore, I do give a little bit of the blame to Mike Vrabel and the offensive coordinator. I felt like, I felt as I watched that game, I felt like there were a lot of times where it was pretty obvious they were going to give the ball to Derrick Henry, and I think that helped the defense kind of move in a little bit more 
and and really pack the box, make it, making it difficult for him to get any kind of yardage. Um, so I, I do think there's a little bit of blame there, but I mean, you still got to do the job against one of the toughest running running backs in the the toughest running back in the league. And as yeah. much as I thought the Titans would wear them down, they um, you know, they held up. They held up. They only they only gave up three points after the first quarter. I mean, it was ten nothing early in the game, and they based they outscored them twenty to three the rest of the way. So yeah. Really, uh, really a heck of a job, especially, you know, you get punched in the mouth early like that. Yikes, you know, the wheels tend to fall off, as we'll talk about in a later game. But, (laughs) you know, uh, it's all credit to Baltimore, man. That's a that's a great football team. I can't wait to see him next week. Yeah, I can't either. Should be good. Uh, We'll keep on moving. The Nickelodeon game was next. The Chicago Bears in New Orleans to play the Saints. Let me ask you a question. Did you watch it on CBS or did you watch it on Nickelodeon? I didn't watch it at all. I, I when I, I mean, on Twitter, I was on Twitter a little bit. And I mean, I noticed the Nickelodeon. I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm, uh, so it was, it was the first time they did it. And, and I'll tell I'm you. I'm not amused by the whole Nickelodeon thing. <laughs> I'll tell you what. That's the perfect game to do that with, right? Because if you're not outside of Chicago or if you're not in Chicago or New Orleans, I mean, no one really wanted to watch that game. Everyone pretty much assumed the Saints were going to win it rather easily, and they, they really did. I mean, they, they didn't blow yeah. them out, blow them out, but they kind of just took care of business. I mean, it, the final score was 21-9. to nine. It was really 21-3. to three. They they you know, scored a touchdown on the very last play of the game. Didn't even bother to hang around to kick an extra point. So, uh, you know, that's the perfect game to put on Nickelodeon and have the slime touchdown celebrations and things like that. I thought it was very entertaining on Nickelodeon. I went back and forth because I'm a nerd. Um, yeah. But it was it was quite fun. Look, if you hold the Saints to 21 points, you should win that football game. So the fact that they weren't even close just tells you exactly how bad that offense is. Chicago's right. not going to go anywhere until they figure something out offensively. The Saints are not a bad defensive team, but they're not they're not the Rams. And you know, to get 3 points over the course of a game not very good. The Saints have a a very good defense. Not that good. Their defense this year is very good. It's very good, but it's but it's the Bears. But it's the Bears. I mean, they, even if it wasn't good, it's the Bears' offense. Right. And but the Saints have a good defense. The, the the Saints look. The Saints don't have a shut you down, score three points in a game defense. That's something I would. It wouldn't surprise me if someone like the Rams did that, right? I mean, they did it to the Bucks, bro. Well, yeah, the Bucks had one of those games, right? But the Bears are just the, – the offense, there's just nothing there. There's no one to give the ball to to run it. There's no one to throw the ball to. The offensive line doesn't create holes for the running backs. The offensive line doesn't do great protection. I mean, there's just not – Trubisky's not the answer. I mean, they, they just – they really have nothing offensively. And short of getting a bunch of turnovers, 
there's no way they're going to beat a team like the Saints or any other team in the playoffs. I mean, seriously, who would you who would you give the Bears a chance to beat in the playoffs in the NFC? You've got the Packers, right? The Saints, the nobody, Rams. huh? Nobody, right? Like the, that's my point. Look at the teams that are in the playoffs. You wouldn't give that offense a chance with any of them, right? Packers, Rams, Seahawks. Uh, Buccaneers. Heck, even with Washington, it'd be a dogfight, and only because Washington's offense is just as bad as Chicago's. But hey, when Heineke balls out, they probably beat the Bears too. I mean, it, the Bears yeah. just—it was just abysmal offensively. Yeah, I don't. I I didn't watch. I watched very little of the game, but I wouldn't be worried if I'm the Saints that they only hung 21 on the on the Bears. I. I, that kind of felt like a little warm-up game. They got Michael Thomas back. He looked all right. Yeah. Alvin Kamara came back from COVID or whatever. You know, I think that was just kind of, you know, let's start the car. Let's warm it up a little bit and get ready for next next uh, next weekend. So I agree with you there. Uh, what did you think about – did you see uh, uh, Sean Payton get slimed after the game? Uh, yeah, I did see that. I did see that. I love that guy. Yeah, Sean Payne, he's cool. I, I love him for his kookiness. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, really not much to talk about in that game. It's You know, when Nickelodeon and the Slime Fest is a, is a topic of conversation, you know the game didn't have much to talk about. And now <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on to far and away the biggest upset of the weekend. The Browns go to Pittsburgh. And, you know, I don't want to take anything away from the Browns. The Browns won the game. But, I mean, did Pittsburgh just hand them that win? It felt like it felt like the Steelers just didn't show up. It felt like the Steelers didn't prepare. It felt like the Steelers were watching ESPN all week and heard about all the COVID cases and the shutdown practice facility and the Zoom meetings and the lack of coaches and players missing and, you know, virtual practices and said, we'll be fine. We don't need to worry. We'll show up at halftime and still win the game. Yeah, the Steelers did not show up. The fraud Steelers did show up. I thought they were going to show up next week. They showed up a little a week earlier in my eyes. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you got Juju dancing while the game's going on on the field, while they're lining up for an offensive play. That team, I mean, I don't know. I told you so. I, I, I just – it wasn't their year, bro. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how a team can go 11-0 and and then just completely fall apart after that. Uh, they won only one game the rest of the way. So they started 11-0 and and finished the season 1-5 and and – got absolutely trounced at home against a Cleveland Browns team that, you know, they had their special teams coach acting as head coach, uh, their defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, doing whatever they wanted, um, their head coach back in Cleveland, you know, watching on TV. They had a few players out. They couldn't practice all week. It was just logistically it was a mess. And, 
the, the Steelers, I mean, it's one thing to be inefficient offensively and not be able to move the ball and you say, okay, well, the Browns defense did a good job. But, I mean, the very first snap of the game snapped it completely over Ben's head. And then him and Connor go back to get this ball. And then they're kind of looking at each other instead of falling on it. The ball gets booted around, ends up in the end zone. And first play of the game, the Browns are up 7 nothing, And then, you know, Roethlisberger just threw four interceptions, I think it was. I mean, it was just – it was atrocious. Pittsburgh fans had to be, like, on a ledge, ready to jump. I'm going to bring up two players. And I'm going to say that the Steelers miss these two players dearly. They miss Bell and Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown stretched the field out for that offense. Like he was their vertical threat. And I don't think Big Ben has that now. And Connor, since he took over running back, had a pretty good season his first year, but then he's been injured and he just hasn't, when he has played, he hasn't, he hasn't ran the ball that well. And and there they miss Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, and then I, on defense, they had matchup issues with the Browns. Like the Browns are not yeah. that much better, I think, than than the Steelers. I think they're pretty close because I don't I don't I don't see the Steelers as this great potent you know defensive offensive team. It was just a matchup issue with with. Uh, I mean, they had a linebacker lined up with with Jarvis Landry. Like, that was never going to, you know. Yeah, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. And Baker Mayfield, say what you want about him. I know I've dogged him many times. He's fucking playing good football, man. He's He is, he is minimizing his mistakes, making enough plays with his legs. I think the game with the Ravens, on Monday night showed what he can be capable of. Mm-hmm. He, I think he may still have another, you know, another gear. Right. But right now he, he's doing enough. So I think that's, that's great for the Browns. Yeah. And the other thing about Baker Mayfield that, you know, probably people don't uh, put much value in, I think that team believes in him. And, yeah. you know, say what you want about that. I think that helps. And, um, you know, I think, I think he gives them, he gives them confidence and belief that they can do the job. The other thing is Nick Chubb is a, is a hell of a running back and, you know, getting Kareem Hunt to spell him, that's not a bad backup. I mean, Chubb is clearly the number one there, but that's a heck of a number two to have to, to run the football and give Chubb a break. So it's, you know, they, they've got weapons offensively. Defensively, I don't think they're very good. I think they're going to struggle. Uh, next week's going to be tough, right? Because they have to go to Kansas City, and it's it, if Kansas City, you know, spots them twenty-eight points, then yeah, they they could win. But I doubt Kansas City is going to do what Pittsburgh did, and uh, you know, it's going to be tough to slow down Patrick Mahomes. Period. But now with a defense that is kind of suspect. Miles Garrett has to play lights out. I mean, he's got to get pressure and disrupt things in the middle of the field like nobody's business. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I think the Browns can – I think the Browns can um, can play good enough defense to – I think they have a defense that can 
hold the Chiefs a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the Chiefs are the type of team that we know that one, you know, every possession they they can score right in, in three mm-hmm. or four plays. I think the Browns can make them work for it a little bit. So we'll see. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be an interesting situation. Do you think Big Ben's done? He should be. I mean, I'm not gonna tell. I mean, I'm not saying he should be. He should be able to do whatever the hell he wants to do. But when I what I watch on the field, I, just hang it up, bro. You know yeah. I mean, Big Ben has taken a lot of hits, and. Yeah, he has. I if, I mean if you don't stick around with the with the Steelers, if I'm another team, do I do I think I can win with Big Ben? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that either. I, I don't I don't know that he's done, but I don't know. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. He, he you know he, he was never a super fast quarterback. I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he was a lot more mobile in the pocket years ago, and he seems to be a lot stiffer now and uh, a lot less able to, you know, kind of move out of the pocket and, and get out of the way, uh, a lot less able to withstand the hits and, the you know, people grabbing on him and stuff. He goes down pretty easy. It, it's just, you know, he's had a long career. It might be time to call it done. I was talking to dad yesterday at halftime and he made a really good point. He said, he said, uh, big Ben used to be able to wait to the very last second to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Now it's, he gets it out quicker because, you know, he can't withstand those hits anymore. Yeah. I think the Steelers are in for a rude awakening, bro. They, they're going to be, they're going to be struggling to get back it may not take them long, you know, like five years, six years, but it, they're going to struggle these next two seasons, I think. They're, they're going to struggle to get back. Well, and you, you, have to, you have to think that that's very likely considering the fact, look, that division is not going to get easier. That division is going to get harder, right? The Browns are going to get a little bit better. The Ravens are always tough. And the Bengals are going to get better. You know, Joe Burrow didn't play a lot this year, but he looked like, he looked like he could do this NFL thing. And so, you know, you figure they're going to get better. It's going to get, it's going to get harder in that AFC North for them. So I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know the Steelers are not the kind of team that switches head coaches very often or very easily, but I'll just say it. I think Mike Tomlin's got to go. I think, uh, I, I think, I think that, team needs an overhaul and I don't think they need the same voice in there it's time to move on to someone else uh and and the and the the way they showed up last night to me was an indictment on the coach the head coach and you know I I think it's time to move on I hate to say that because I really like Mike Tomlin but that was just that was an excuse that wasn't like that wasn't like you got trounced at home and weak nine you know it's yeah. the playoffs man if you can't get up for the playoffs what you know what, what are we doing yeah i mean yeah i mean juju's out there fucking dancing while they're about to huddle up or line up for a play in the m- middle of a game 
it's just not a good look, man. It's not a good look for him. It's not a good look for for Mike Tomlin. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for I mean, letting right. guys be guys, right? But at some point, you gotta, yeah, yeah. you gotta, you know, you you gotta worry about what's going on. But yeah. all right, man. Be. Well, hey, let's uh, let's preview next week. Uh, we'll start on Saturday, and we'll start with the NFC. The Rams go to Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay obviously had a bye week this week. Uh, the Rams have to make the trek from beautiful Los Angeles to what's probably going to be pretty freaking cold Lambeau Field. What do you think? Uh, I think the Packers win a close game. I mean, Aaron Donald's going to have to be – he's going to have to be healthy for this one. Yeah. He's got it, a rib injury. That's that's kind of big. That is a big deal. He really has to be a major disruptive force because the Packers have a good offense. Aaron Rodgers can move the ball around the field pretty easily, and he's pretty tough to, to bring to the ground. He's not a guy who's going to get flustered much by pressure. He'll just move, roll out of the pocket, and, and still throw strikes down the field. So Aaron Donald's got to find a way, uh, and really that entire defensive line needs to find a way to disrupt that offense. And now moving into the cold weather, it gets a little bit harder for Jared Goff. I'm assuming Wolford is not going to play. My guess is he's going to be in the concussion protocol and he's not going to play. So it's going to come down to Jared Goff. And that thumb in ice cold weather, that's not going to feel good. Uh, so you know, I wouldn't expect a whole lot offensively from the Rams. It's going to be a tough, tough game for them. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Packers. Yeah, I mean, but the Rams have, you know, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. They don't, they, they don't run a vertical game either. So, golf just has to, you know, they can fucking run slants or whatever, and they'll be all right if you just, you know – Quick releases. I mean, I, I think they'll be all right. They got their run game. I, I, it's shown to be effective. You yeah, got Jalen Ramsey. You got Jalen Ramsey who can, you know, maybe hold Devontae Adams. It's going to be up to the linebackers to uh, to hold Aaron Jones, I think. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be the key. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't think the Packers are going to run away with it. It's not going to be that easy. I mean, the Rams, you know, the Rams have gotten up to this point. We know why. So yeah. Well, look, they, right. they, the Rams. The Rams defense dealt with a mobile quarterback last week in Russell Wilson. So there's no reason to think they can't do it to the Packers. But that has to happen. They cannot let the Packers move up and down the field at will because I don't think the Rams can score a ton of points. So they've got to. The defense has to do their job to keep this game close. Yeah. Who do you got? I think the Packers win. It's tough to go into Lambeau and win, and I just don't think with a quarterback that's less than 100%, you're going to do that. Uh, staying in the NFC on Sunday, the late game, you've got the Buccaneers going down to New Orleans to play the Saints. Now, the Saints won both games against the Buccaneers this season, and they're division rivals. Rivals might be overstating it a little bit. They're in the same division. I don't, I don't really think that they're hardcore rivals. But it's not easy to beat a team three times in one year. And 
that last win by the Saints, uh, the first the first time was in New Orleans, first game of the season, right? Uh, then later on in the season, they met, and the Saints absolutely trounced them. It was a game that was just really sloppy by the Buccaneers. I don't – I'm at – honestly, I'm at a flip of a coin on this game as to who's going to win because I really worry about the fact that you got to beat a team three times in one year. That's tough to do, and I just don't know if the Saints are going to be able to do it. Yeah, I don't put too much into that. I mean, yeah, it's hard, but I don't know. I mean, if you're better, you're just better. And the first two games show that the Saints are better. And, you know, while the while I think that the, the Bucks had some warm-up games, they played Washington, I, I don't think they've seen a defense like, like this. Well, they have seen a defense like the Saints, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, twice, especially the last time. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm going with the no-doubter here. The Saints are winning. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a no-doubter. I think this is going to be a close game. To me, it's a no doubt. Yeah, I think um, I think the Buccaneers will make the adjustments. Remember that first game of the season, uh, you know everything's new for Brady and Bruce Arians and the offense. Now they know each other a little bit better uh, as a team, and I think offensively they should be better against the Saints. Um, and if you remember that, that second Saints game, that's what, you know, that's kind of what everyone's going to point to and say, yeah, well, the Saints are just flat out better. It's a no doubter. Remember, that's one of those games where it just got kind of weird in the sense that the New Orleans offense was just running down the field scoring and it kind of put some pressure. And I think Tampa Bay kind of got out of their own scheme, uh, and, and they started not playing what they want they stopped doing what they wanted to do and started doing what they thought they should do which is just throw the ball down the field and there's a lot of three and outs and stuff like that well, I don't think you gotta keep gonna, up I, yeah I don't yeah but I don't think that's gonna happen I think their defense will do a better job this time around and then now the game will be played on a more even level and look say what you want they still have Tom Brady and they still have Mike Evans and Gronkowski they still have a lot of weapons that offensive line is playing well. They're in a good – they're in a relatively good rhythm. Uh, you know, and additionally, I know people don't want to hear stuff like this, but the Saints are coming off some COVID issues, which we saw what it did to the Ravens during the season. It took them like three or four weeks to get going again. I'm not saying the Saints are in the same boat because it seems to be much more contained, but – there are guys that may not quite be up to speed even this week. I'm not saying the Buccaneers are going to win. I'm just saying it's going to be a close game. Quite frankly, I'm going to flip a coin uh, Sunday night to figure out who I would pick. All right, but on the podcast, who are you picking? All You're right, picking the it. Bucks. The, the Buccaneers are going to win. <laughs> the Buccaneers are going to win. Knew you were picking the Bucks. I'm. Yeah, I mean, gun to my head. I, yeah, it's. It's still listen, Tom Brady. Listen, the only thing stopping the Saints from winning – when is this game? On Sunday? Mm-hmm. The only thing stopping the Saints – people, if you're listening to this, be careful if you place a bet. The only thing stopping the Saints from winning on Sunday are the 
zebras. The <laughs> NFL referees are the only thing stopping this team, bro. And I don't think even they will stop them on Sunday. Hot All take. right, well, Hot we'll, take. we'll see. We shall see. Uh, let's move over to the AFC. Again, I think this is the game of the weekend. The, I, the, I am – I am super excited to watch this game. Saturday night, the Ravens go up to Buffalo to play the Bills. I can't wait. I cannot wait to see this game. I think this is the best game of the weekend. And by a mile, this game is going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see these two teams match up. Give me your thoughts. You think it'll be better than the Bucks and the Saints? Yeah. Really? Yeah. In my opinion, there's no doubt that this game is going to go down to the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. This Buccaneers-Saints game, there's a small chance that one of them will just kind of run away from it, run away from the other one, win by 10 or 14. But I think the Ravens and Bills is going down to the last five minutes of the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking the Bills. The weather I heard is going to be kind of bad. That's that's even better. So I think that that's a disadvantage for the Ravens. But uh, I'm picking the Bills, man. Give me the Bills all the way. All the way. I think <clears throat> I think that the Ravens are going to win this game. Uh, I think so. <clears throat> yeah, the Ravens. I, I Something about winning that first playoff game for Lamar Jackson, I think is going to make him a very tough out going forward. And <clears> – <throat> I think they can run the ball against the uh, the Bills, and I think people are still kind of sleeping on the Ravens because of that really bad patch in the middle of the season. I think they still think of them as just as just a regular old wild card team, and I think they're as good as any of the division winners that are out there. Um, and I I think they're gonna I think they're gonna put it to the Bills. I, it's gonna come down to the very end, but it's gonna be I think the Ravens are gonna pull it out. Well, hopefully Norwood is not kicking a field goal for the uh, for the Bills to try to win the game. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, the other game in the AFC is the first game on Sunday. The Browns head to Cleveland to play the uh, – I'm sorry, the Browns head to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Uh, to me, this is a no-doubter. I, I don't see – I don't see how Cleveland is going to stop Kansas City. And as good as a 48 to 35, whatever, whatever the number was, 48 to 29, whatever the, whatever the, uh, the score was last night uh, between the Browns and the, and the Steelers, 48 to 37, as good as that looks, I don't think uh, – I don't think the Chiefs are going to give them five turnovers for them to score 48 points. So I just don't think it's going to happen for the Browns. I would love to see the Browns win. That would be fucking awesome. That would be awesome if they win. Why? Why not? Well, because I want to see the best player in the NFL one more week. The same reason you want to see Lamar Jackson go – the same reason you want to see Lamar Jackson go all the way because he's really fun to watch, it's the same reason I want to see the Chiefs win next week against the the Browns. The Chiefs is just more entertaining football. Yeah, they're entertaining, but, I mean, I don't know. Parody parody is always good, and the NFL has taught us in the past that there is a lot of parody. 
Yeah. And I think right now is the perfect time for the Browns to show exactly that. The Browns are going to win, bro. Yeah. (laughs) The Browns are going to go into Arrowhead and win. You heard it here from. Listen to me. The only thing stopping the Chiefs from winning against the Browns on Saturday night is death. (laughs) 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 Or the Zebras. Now, look. Last night was nice for Cleveland fans. I hope they're all excited and happy. They're not getting they're not getting another gift. They're not getting five gifts in turnovers from the Chiefs like they got from the Steelers last night. They it's don't crazy. have to though. They don't have to. You know what they have to do? Something that you mentioned earlier. They have uh, Nick Chubb, they have Kareem Hunt. They can control the clock a little bit. They can milk the clock. That keeps Patty Mahomes on the sideline for a little bit longer. Control the time of possession. Baker Mayfield has to just make his throws, not turn the ball over. I think this is a very – it's funny. I know it's funny, but I think this is a very winnable game for the Browns because because the Chiefs may be thinking the same way you are. They may be thinking the same way you are. They it's might, very, it's so easy. They might have until they saw what the Steelers did. And now they're like, uh-uh, we're taking it seriously. So, hey, let's do this. Let's do a combo wager between you and me. I will take the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. We'll do this like soccer style. Uh-huh. We'll add up the points. I'll take the points scored by the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. You take the points scored by the Browns and the Saints. Wait, why do you get to choose my team? Because you said the Saints are going to win and you said the Browns are going to win. So okay, it's stand fine. to reason that those are, you take the points of those two teams. If they both win by one, you win. Okay, that's fine. You want to do that? Sure. All right. An aggregate, the Browns are- an aggregate bet. <laughs> <laughs> that's that definitely soccer style. So that'll be fun on Sunday. So the Houston Marathon went virtual this year, and I decided I'm going to do it because I'm not going to let COVID take away my Houston Marathon that I love so much. So I'm, I'm running the marathon Sunday morning. So Sunday afternoon, you should come over here, and we'll watch both games, and you can pay up right then and there. <laughs> So you're going to do it like you're going to jog in, jog in place at home? Uh, I don't jog. <laughs> I'm going to disown you as my brother if you'd say that I jog one more time. <laughs> no, I'm actually going to go down. I'm going to try to run. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard to do, but I'm going to run the actual course. And, oh, you know, okay. I may I – may, I'm not going to run the street like I normally do. Right. But so I may have to make some changes on the route along the way, but I'm going to run roughly the Houston marathon course. And, you know, if I end up running a a little bit shorter, you know, like if I get done and I'm 0.2 miles away, then I'll just do a couple of laps around the park there where it finishes until I, until I get to 26.2. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a water bottle with me and a credit card. And I'll just run, 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 run. And when I get thirsty, I'll 
dip into a gas station and buy a Gatorade and that's what I'll do. So if it's virtual, I mean, is there going to be a winner? No, no, there's no awards. No, no they don't do any awards. Oh, okay. You just submit your time. They show like standings and stuff, but I mean, it's pointless, right? There's no real award. Like, I promise you there's going to be some idiot that's going to run like an hour and 25 minute marathon because he's going to get on his bike and submit that time. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> that would be me. I would probably do that. There's going to be some fool that's going to do that. And you know, the, you, I mean, you basically just submit your time into their, right. their portal. I mean, yeah. you don't have to really provide any proof. But I will go Dude, out. I may, I may run this one myself. <laughs> you should have signed up. You know, it's perfect. You could have signed up and you could have gotten a medal. And then, you know, one day tell your grandkids, that, yeah, I just, you know, that marathon thing's not a big deal. I just rolled out of bed one day and ran it. I did a Jeff, Jeffrey the butler, hopped in the cab. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, uh, there's one bit of news from today that we we should talk about. Doug Peterson got fired in Philly. He got fired or did he quit? I'm not quite sure. Either way, he's out in Philadelphia. Now, you and I are going back and forth via text earlier. I'm shocked. I am absolutely shocked because the way he handled the end of the season, to me, was an indication that He's, you know, he the, he's already gotten the vote of confidence from management that he's going to stay. He switched from his high-paying quarterback to a rookie quarterback. And, and, I mean, he didn't just make the switch because one game the guy was having a bad game. He made the switch for the rest of the season. And then at the end of the season, he sat him towards the end of a close game. In my opinion, it was to protect him and make sure he doesn't get hurt because that's his quarterback going forward and everyone's on the same page. But apparently that's not the case. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm kind of shocked too. I mean, I told you this like two weeks ago when they played the, the, the Washington that he knows he has his job and, yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't have an issue with it. Like if I was an Eagles fan, I wouldn't have had an issue with what he did. But it sounds like it came from up top maybe. And, all, and the players came out and kind of spoke a little bit after the game, right? After the, the Washington game. And they were kind of not happy with the coach. But yeah. they might have been upset with the wrong person. Yeah. And I think that's a huge problem now going forward, or at least for this upcoming season, for any potential free agents that wanted to come to the Eagles – or players that are were thinking about re-signing with the Eagles may not happen now because there may not be any trust with the with the front office people. Well, and it's going to be tough to get a head coach, right? Because yep. head coaches nowadays want to have control, and you know they're, they're they're going to be hesitant to take on a job that apparently does not have all of the control that they thought it had. I mean, I think Peterson had a 42-35 and 35 record, took him to the Super Bowl, took him to the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, won, won the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl yeah. went back to the playoffs. I mean, it, it, I think he did pretty well in, in these three years. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what 
kind of messed up, I think, but. Yeah, it happens. It happens, but. Oh, well. We shall see. As always, folks, we appreciate your comments, and we'd love to interact with you. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email the show, positivesports10 at gmail.com, positivesports10 at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of my brother, Alex, Alex, how do they do that? On Twitter at BrooklynGaucho1. Don't be afraid to comment down below. We got a few comments last week. Comment down below because uh, we love the interaction. We, you know, it's just, it's more fun that way. I get bored of talking to my brother, of looking at him on this damn Zoom thing. I'm tired of Zooming with him. Give us some damn feedback down below. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. That's right. That's right. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can do so on Twitter as well, at emontana21. You can catch our podcast on YouTube, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, whatever podcast platform you choose to consume your podcast. I will tell the fans one thing. I've got a special episode coming out later this week. I will be talking with Victor Rodriguez of Bloody Elbow. So for you MMA fans out there that want to hear me chop it up with a guy from Bloody Elbow talking about all things MMA, uh, that podcast will be out later this week. And it should be a lot of fun. Victor is an extremely knowledgeable guy over at Bloody Elbow. Um, and he's, a, he's a, just a real down-to-earth dude who loves talking about fighting. So it should be a lot of fun for, for me and him to uh, chop it up, talk a little MMA. <clears throat> Sorry, you must Alex. be happy because MMA is, is back this weekend. Yeah, it's been a long time. It feels like... It's a month, about. That's a long time. You know, because you're a fan of it. There's usually cards like every week, every other week, every, you know, every, you know, it's right. They pretty much three, three out of four weekends a month, there's a card. So it's been right, weird right. to not have any for four weeks. We got to get together in a couple weeks and go watch uh, the McGregor fight because that one's going to be good. I'm thinking a little Wild Wing Cafe and some fights. Yeah, I'll be down. Yeah, for McGregor, I'll go watch McGregor. See that? that see that? That's why McGregor's so good because he draws the I, he draws the attention of a casual like me, right? Right. right? Like yeah. I don't care about too many other fighters, and that's why I respect the guy because he's able to suck me in for a few hours. Right. Right. I'll sacrifice a few hours just to watch him fight or him talk on the mic, win or lose. And in the process, I get to eat some wings and drink a lot of beer. So it's it's a win-win for both of us. Yeah, yeah, no, and you look, in a sport like MMA where it's individuals and there's no, like, there's no real fan allegiance or team allegiance like there is in, in the normal uh, stick-and-ball sports. Um, right. He is, he is truly unique uh, because yeah. people, people want to watch him. He's got – a lot of that McGregor, uh, a lot of that Mayweather effect. People want to watch him. Right. Win. People want to watch him lose. But most importantly, people want to watch him. Yeah. So, yeah, it, he pulls in the casuals like you. Hardcores like me, we're going to watch. It doesn't matter who it is. Heck, I, right. just watch, right. I just watched on TV. I just watched something from, uh, from Singapore. It was a card that had Muay Thai and MMA. So, yeah, I'll watch anything. I don't care. Before we head out, Ohio State, Alabama, who you got? 
because I have an issue with this. I mean, look, the NFL saw a six-win team make the playoffs. Now we see a seven-win team make the freaking national championship. I don't, yeah. I don't agree with that. But who you got? Yeah, I, I think Alabama's too much. Alabama yeah. is just simply too much. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, I really don't care. Are you watching? Are you gonna watch it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm a junkie. I'm a sports. Yeah, junkie. I can't get into this one. No, I, I love it. Yeah, I, I think the whole thing with Ohio State um, getting into the playoff. I think it's it's just you know it's a different dynamic when you've only played six games compared to a team who's played twelve. You know, uh, more injuries. I mean, it, look, it, the knife cuts both ways, right? Uh, Alabama has had more time to get in sync, more practices, all of that. But they've also had more time to get injuries and dinged up and things like that. So it's it's hard to really say that one has got an advantage over the other, but it is kind of hard to just have a team in the playoff with six games originally, you know? I took a, I took a poll on Twitter and – 34% believe Alabama will cover the eight and a half. 28% believe Ohio State will cover that number. Mm-hmm. 21% think the game will go over 74 and a half, and 17% think it will go under. That's a lot of points. 75 is a huge number. I can't imagine. In college, I'm not surprised, but for this game, I kind of am. It would take the Bears like two months to score 75 points. (laughs) I mean, that's like eight games worth of football for the Bears. (laughs) No shit, man. A a peewee league team can score more than the Bears. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm going to stop making fans in Chicago. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have anything else. You got anything else, man? That's it, man. Let's, Let's go so we can put this bad boy out for the people to see. All right, man. As always, folks, thank you very much. And more importantly, ignore the negativity, be the positivity. Peace.